The second day of the 2019 Savannah Music Festival began with an endearing daytime set from Mike and Ruthie, a Hudson Valley husband and wife duo that's been winning over audiences across North America and Europe for two decades. In their early days together, Mike Miranda and Ruth Unger fronted the Mammals, along with Tao Rodriguez Seeger, and were part of the old-time and string band music wave that ran over the folk music world at the beginning of the new millennium. Just as they were applying a rock and roll and sometimes punk music edge to original songs and reinvented fiddle tunes, bands such as Uncle Earl, the Red Stick Ramblers, Foghorn String Band, and the Ducks were also shining a new light on regional traditional music. I'm Ryan McMakin, and on this episode of Savannah Music Festival Live, we'll listen to the festival debut of Mike and Ruthie of the Mammals. Having met in the dive bars of New York's Lower East Side during the anti-folk scene of the late 90s, Unger and Miranda quickly surrendered to the magnetism of their musical and personal connection, which has now lasted them through occasional solo tours, over a decade of touring as a duo, the first incarnation of the Mammals, and the creation of their biannual festivals, the Winter and Summer Hoots, at Ashokan. As of 2018, the Mammals were reborn with Mike and Ruthie at the helm, and they continue to blend barn-burning fiddle and banjo tunes with powerful, sometimes anthem-like harmony-driven songs that they joke makes them too folk for the rock show and too rock for the folk show. Let's go now to the stage at the Charles H. Morris Center in Trustee's Garden, and listen as Mike and Ruthie kicked off their set live at the 2019 Savannah Music Festival. All right, we'll do a song, one of ours. This one's called Bright As You Can. Oh, 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 
so much. Such nice people. That's really, really feels good. <clears throat> I am getting over a little bit of a cold, although somebody just an hour ago reminded me that, that pollen is a very real thing, and, and I, I neglected to remember that, uh, that it comes on earlier here. As we mentioned already, we've already covered our uh, disorientation, <laughs> but it's all good. Uh, also, singing at 12.30 is something I'm not super used to, but <clears throat> usually I've had a day to at least like talk a bunch, I'll talk a bunch now. We're going to do a song that was written up north, actually in New York City, as far as I know. It's a song by Woody Guthrie. You guys familiar? Fans? Hi, Ruthie's rocking the Woody hoodie. <laughs> Woody wrote this one in 1947, and as I'm told, he wrote a couple thousand songs, but only recorded about 150 in his too short life. So his daughter Nora is now in charge of his archive, and for, I'd say for the last 10 or 15 years, she's been sending unfinished Woody Guthrie songs to working artists of today. So in 2011, we got to write the music to this lyric. Now they sent us the words, and I gotta tell you, this, the page I was looking at before I even read a single word was so beautiful. Woody was a, a painter as well, a lot of people don't realize. So there were these thick brush strokes on the piece of paper, thick red star, sort of an asterisk sort of shape. I think he rolled that painting into the typewriter and wrote the song right on top of it. It's probably the closest piece of paper available. It's a song about riding the subway from Mermaid Avenue on Coney Island into the big city, looking out the window when it pops above ground, getting home and writing down just what he saw. We love the song very much. At the bottom of the page, there was even a little note from Woody. If music and songs ever do get to be put over soft speakers in all of our subway trains, I'd like to sit back, ride along, listen to this one song. Someday our subway trains might have some kind of music in them. There's plenty on the eyes and the faces of the folks riding along to make up a thousand good songs about. If you just watch real close at the looks on the faces. If you look and listen a little bit closer, you might even hear an old and a new song. Somewhere, or way back, in the grazing lands of your own old memories and future plans. W.W.G. Mermaid Avenue, 1947. Walked and rode in rain and sun 
Woody. I should probably mention also that Ruthie and I met in New York City 20 years ago this month. Yeah. The town where I found you, as it turns out. All right, well, uh, yeah, this is one of my favorite songs, and, and uh, some of you may remember our band and our duo, and we've toured as either the Mammals or Mike and Ruthie, as Mike says, for like 20 years, and and one or the other. Somebody remember the mammals out there? Okay. <laughs> and how about Mike and Ruthie, or the Mike and Ruthie band? All right, some of the same people, which is good. Okay, and as far as all you new folks, welcome to the show, and we thank you for, for trying something new. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, uh, we're, we're really proud and honored to be playing music together for so long, and uh, this one, the very, very first Mike and Ruthie record. It's made right after we got married, so I had a lot of love songs. Oh, sometimes I... 
get a good feeling, yeah. Oh, 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 I get a feeling like I never ever had before, and I'm here to tell you right now. I believe.
Thanks so much, friends. Boy, it feels good in here today. I've never said that in, in a, such a dark room before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does feel good, though. I'm going to leave the stage uh, to Ruthie for this next one. We're going to do some songs off our latest record. So uh, without further ado, Ruthie Unger. Ah. Thank you, dear. This is my song for the water and for the earth and all the water protectors. May we all protect the water together here. Yeah. I wrote this in the style of an old creepy ballad because my mom used to sing me to sleep with those. And uh, in fact, my mom does sing the harmony on the record. And so you guys join in if you catch on. At the end, the last verse, same as the first. So maybe you'll, maybe you'll sing with me. My baby drinks water, my baby drinks tea. My baby eats an apple from the old apple tree. My baby drinks milk Mother Nature gave me. So please spare the water for my little ones and me. Now money buys houses and clothing and more. And money buys food at the big grocery store. And money buys trinkets and money buys toys. But it won't buy the earth back for our little girls and boys. Now do you measure your wealth by the size of your purse? What size is your coffin? What size is yours? What size is your heart if you put money first? High over the children and their hunger and thirst. My baby drinks water, my baby drinks tea. My baby eats an apple from the old apple tree. My baby drinks milk Mother Nature gave me. So please spare the water for my little ones and me. Words, it will make it true. 
of life and we'll someday sing the blues Someday sing those harmonies too Yeah, we do And one day sing those words that will make you song that was requested for tomorrow's show, but we figured we'd rehearse it in front of you guys so we know it for tomorrow. But this is a song we love to do. It was written for our daughter, Opal is her name. She was only about six months old when I wrote the song. It was one of those early mornings for dad about 4 a.m. because it was my turn. And I got her balanced on a blanket and a pillow just long enough to play a little guitar. And I ended up writing this song for her but it was revealed to me immediately that not a lot of words rhyme with opal. <laughs> I mean, there are a few, but they're not great in a chorus. <laughs> and I decided as her dad and the songwriter of the moment, I would change her name to Jane. And <laughs> it's been very successful. It rhymes with a great many things. <laughs> this one's called Rock On, Little Jane.
That was Mike and Ruthie of the band The Mammals, also known as Mike Miranda and Ruth Unger, live at the 2019 Savannah Music Festival. And you're listening to a weekly radio program called Savannah Music Festival Live, produced for Georgia Public Broadcasting. Mike, why don't you play that actual banjo there? I know. It is, it's not just a prop sitting on stage. This is a it's banjo has sort of a, a nice story. Ruthie's dad, you may know, his name is Jay Unger. He's a wonderful fiddler. And uh, yeah, uh, when I first met Ruthie in, in uh, 99, she immediately brought me to the Ashokan Fiddle and Dance Camps, which are just where we live, in the, on the edge of the Catskill Mountains. Uh, I guess, are they going into their 40th year this year? Is that right? Yes. Wow, so her dad would rent this little camp facility and host these week-long uh, instructional camps for adults and families called, uh, I guess they were at the time, they were just called Fiddle and Dance. Um, and Ruthie knew that I played the drums, that was my first instrument, and that I played the guitar, and she looked at a banjo and she thought, man, I bet he could figure that out. And she was right. I really took to the banjo, so they, they, she brought me to the week called Southern Week, where they teach old-time banjo and clogging. Cajun and Zydeco music and dance, and uh, I was just off to the races. I fell in love with the banjo. It sort of found me in this beautiful way. But the banjo. Why did you play him that first thing you learned, Mike? The banjo they gave me was this horrible 
thing that was almost impossible to get in tune, which, uh, you know, that you could say that about any banjo, really, but especially, especially this one. It wasn't this banjo. No, so because I stuck with it, and we started the mammals, and I needed a real instrument eventually, Ruth's dad gave me this for, my, I think, my 25th birthday uh, at Southern Week. It happened to be that week, and uh, we did a little research and found out that it was made in 1976 in the town of Northampton, Massachusetts, which, wouldn't you know, that's the year I was born and the town I was born in. I uh, know. So is this, this banjo and, and this guy came into the world <laughs> the same exact time, and so it, it seemed sort of cool that it ended up with me. And it has a, sort of a funny title. It's called Bobby Orr Tattoo. Why is it called that? Well, it had no title for a very long time. And we played a New Year's Eve gig in Western Massachusetts on top of a mountain, October Mountain, it was called. A place called the Dream Away Lodge. For you, uh, yeah, for you hardcore Bob Dylan fans out there, that's where the Rolling Thunder tour stopped for a few days and they filmed a bunch of the Ronaldo and Clara film at the Dream Away Lodge <laughs> and it's still going. And uh, there was a guy leaning against the bar in just a tank top. And I thought, that is a hilarious thing to wear on New Year's Eve in uh, Massachusetts. But, but it was probably to show off his tattoo, which was Bobby Orr flying through the air for you Boston Bruin hockey fans, which I know are so, so uh, numerous down here in Georgia. <laughs> and Ruthie thought, let's call that new tune Bobby Orr Tattoo. That's how it's done, folks. That is fun. That is fun. 
It's hard to do standing up, though. Those tunes were meant to be played <laughs> seated on a porch. You know what I mean? Yeah. They say the banjo wasn't intended for the stage, and I think they're right about that. All right, well, we're going to play a, a song we love to, love to play, and, and it's one that we've been doing a long time. And it's one of those story songs, so if you, if you pay attention, you'll hear the sad tale. And if you don't, you'll think it's a happy song, because it's very <laughs> upbeat. It's what I call a toe-tapping tragedy. Just listen to that tune. Oh, wait, what did he just say? All right, let's do it. I'm sure, you've heard, I'm sure you've heard this one, somewhere or other. It's uh, written by the great Richard Thompson. It's 1952, Vincent Blackleg. Red hair and black leather, my favorite color scheme. And he pulled around behind and down to Box Hill. Hospital, there wasn't much left. He was running out of road, he was running out of breath. But he smiled to see her cry.
says James. In my opinion, there ain't nothing in this world. Beats a 52 Vincent and a red-headed girl Now Nortons and Indians and Harley-Davidson's won't do They don't have a soul like Vincent 52 Well, he reached for her hand and slipped her the keys Said, I got no further use for these Seen angels on aerials in leather and chrome Swooping down from the heavens to carry me home And he gave her one last kiss and died And he gave her his Vincent Where we live now, though, is Woodstock, New York. It's about two hours north of the city. And you probably heard that the 50th anniversary of the festival is this year as well. Yeah, it's sort of cool. Now, a lot of people don't know, though, the festival actually happened about an hour and a half uh, away from the town of Woodstock because the town of Woodstock would not give the promoters the permits they needed to hold a big festival there. Do you guys know that? Yeah, some, some, but what did happen in town is a lot of great musicians made their home there, and they still do. And uh, one in particular who I'm sure you know and probably love is Levon Helm of the band. Levon uh, was on Plockman Lane, and his house is still there. His recording studio is still there, and they do concerts out of that now. For a long time, they called them the Midnight Rambles, you probably heard about. Um, and they're still doing it every weekend. One of Levon's parting wishes was to keep the music going at the barn. His daughter Amy and her great team are doing just that. And Levon is someone we got to meet and be inspired by, play some music with. And he always spoke so highly of his friends and was so courteous to the younger generation coming up and supportive. But he always spoke of his friends in the band in particular, especially Rick and Richard who, who died too soon and he missed him a lot. And this is a song that we sing in their memory. It's written by our friend Joshua Davis and it's called The Ghost of Richard Manuel. Any fiddlers in the house? Nary a one. Very shy fiddlers. Yeah, yes, Ruthie just altered her fiddle tuning if you're curious. A-E-A-E. Right. -E -E. <laughs> what? Two, one, two. In a thousand empty bottles In a 
piano in the kick in the snare dancing in your kicks at a parlor tricks in a hound dog's hungry stare he's getting frozen up in canada and burned down in the southlands the ghost of richard So some of you before uh, exclaimed in recognition of my dad who plays the fiddle. His name's Jay Unger. And um, if you don't know him, you might, you might know his tune. He wrote a tune called Ashokan Farewell. And some people know it by name and some people just know the tune. <laughs> cool. It was, uh, it was used as the PBS uh, Civil War series theme by Ken Burns and uh, so it was the theme of that series but that was when I was like a teenager I think he wrote it when I was maybe seven or so so it was around about ten years before that happened and, and it was really written by him at the end of the summer this feeling of coming from that music camp where Mike learned the banjo coming from camp and going back into real life you know quote unquote so moving from that um, blissful, somewhat utopian feeling of just doing music all day <laughs> to uh, back to the world of putting on the news or doing dishes and laundry and stuff. So anyway, I know we've all had those kind of moments. And so that's when he wrote it. And, um, and it's a tune that means a lot to people and, and people write him letters and send him videos and, and stuff still to this day. So uh, yeah, it's a Scottish lament written by a Jewish guy from the Bronx. That's how my dad introduces it. And um, maybe some of you have heard him play it live, and um, I hope you do. He's alive and well and out there playing, so keep your eye out for a Jay Unger and Molly Mason concert. Uh, but in the meantime, we're the best you got for today. <laughs> 
so much, everybody. We had a great time here. I want to get a big round of applause for all the great folks who put this incredible festival on that goes on for weeks. As Ruthie mentioned, we do a festival at home called The Hoot, but it's only three days long. I mean, this is three weeks long, and it's, we know how much work goes into it. So we're grateful to be here. Thanks for being such a wonderful audience. We had a lot of fun in this early show. And uh, we'd love you to sing one more with us, if you would. This one's called On My Way Home. been listening to Mike and Ruthie of the Mammals from their 2019 Savannah Music Festival debut at the Charles H. Morris Center. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Savannah Music Festival Live. 
The concert was recorded and mixed by Kevin Rose of Elevated Basement Studio. You can hear this program again online at savannahmusicfestival.org. I'm Ryan McMakin, and I invite you to join us again next week for another edition of Savannah Music Festival Live. <laughs>